0: Welcome to the Exhaust Notes podcast.
1: The official Formula One podcast. No, that's not it. I'm messing it up all the time. Your f- favorite Formula One podcast, favorite podcast. Anyway, my name is Nick Kingball. I'm with my guys, Rowan and Todd. We're going to talk about some liveries. We're going to talk about some F1 drama. And uh, I'm going to let Todd start us off with some uh, This Day in F1 history. <laughs>
2: All right. So I was randomly searching and I was like, I wonder what happened today on F1 history. Cause we're only five days away now from the actual season starting. And you know, it's always good to revisit, but on this day in F1 history in the year 2000, Jensen Button narrowly avoided injury when his Williams hit a bird during testing in South Africa, he was traveling at over 160 miles an hour, On the Kailami track, when the bird flew across his path and smashed into the car's airbox directly above Button's head, he immediately returned to the pits where he parked up the car completely unhurt. Could you imagine taking a beak to the dome at 160, even with a crash helmet on? I don't know if you survived that.
3: So, is there footage of this? Is this like a Randy Johnson hitting the bird in spring training situation?
2: I don't know. I'll have to look into that, but I thought that was pretty crazy because we've seen animals get hit in the last decade or so, but it's usually like by a tire or a front wing or something like that. I mean, yeah, I,
1: I vaguely remember that happening when it happened, but I definitely don't remember the footage of it. Like it, it's pretty like social internet, right? So you didn't have the the like crazy viralness that you would have nowadays if that happened. No, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, like that. I don't think you're surviving, to be honest.
2: <laughs> that, that, that's pretty halo era, too. So he's taking that yeah. straight to the dome. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I mean, I just think if that happened today, there'd be a PETA uproar. I think there would be protesters at the next event, not acknowledging the fact that it was the bird that flew into the airbox. But, you know, we live in different times. I just hope that is Todd so eloquently put it, a beak to the dome, as your favorite rapper is going to cite that in the next five to 10 years. We just want the credit that Todd Yates came up with that first. Lyricist Lounge's own Todd Yates.
2: I am your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, so. The real snowman. It works on two levels.
3: Because he white.
2: Man. White as the sun. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, nothing's been happening. Yeah, couple of, couple of relatively, (laughs) allegedly. Well, let's let's talk uh, liveries. Now that we have all ten out, yeah, let's let's uh, let's debate. All right,
1: we're going to pick on ESPN with this one because they, I mean, quite frankly, could have the worst livery take on the internet right now if we're being really honest about it, but. F1 livery power rankings, the best and worst looks of 2024. All right, we're going to count down from 10 to 1, and we're going to tear it apart the entire way, I'm assuming. So what do you guys think about Alpine's 2024 car?
3: I do agree with the blurb. This has a lot of potential. I kind of wish they would go old racing point and embrace the pink and not the stink of the black but the other thing I also want to call out is this line around what does Alpine stand for and what is the point of this brand as it exists in Formula One today I think they have to lean into the French side and I think they should have gone red white and blue but this is just is it that much different than last year and if that is the case, I don't have high hopes for Alpine because they're going to get another between fourth to sixth position. Fourth if they're extremely lucky and things just go horribly wrong for some other teams. Six feels about right. So that's my whole thought on the Alpine livery.
2: Yeah, I I actually really agree with Rose's point on that. They They need to lean into the Frenchness of this car. And they kind of tried when they first went to this like aesthetic of livery with the BWT and like kind of trying to promote the alpine brand when the back like the back of the airbox tail whatever you want to call it um the coke bottle area as they refer to it in f1 they had like the french flag kind of right at the tip there and then they had the alpine blue kind of more pronounced with the alpine logo that was like acceptable but this is just like hey Let's take that logo and then see, and as was the theme in all of the livery launches this year, it's like, how much paint can we take off while still kind of having it look like uh you know, what our aesthetic well like the aesthetic we want to follow for the team design, whatever. Um, it's not offensive, but so I won't say that it's tenth. But it's not it's not great because this no, is a- one of the ones that's most affected by like hey let's strip off as much pain as we can. It is offensive
3: because it's so inoffensive. Like I was going to ask you guys this: Are we in the dark ages of liveries? Because this just feels like everybody has various levels of black on the livery, and that's it. Like you can't really distinguish the cars that often because everybody's just decided we're going to make sure speed is the key, which is the sense it's a racing league. But at the same time, there's no identity except for Ferrari. And maybe, but, but Nick, what are you thinking?
1: Like, I think they should have. I think they should just just embrace the pink. I mean, it's it's popular. Every time they run the pink livery, the or predominantly pink livery, they get a bunch of comments on it. You see on social, it's just like people like that look. But yeah, I do. I do think it's kind of like an interesting, like the the group of, you know, this year seems to have the group think of this this year's. You know, livery designers seem to have been like embrace as much carbon fiber showing as you can. Um, I I like this. I mean, I I like it, but it's it's not like I wish it had more pink on it. I wish they would just go full pink. To be honest, and I think you know the it's probably it's not the worst. It's probably you know I don't know seven or eight on my list because it's just like I don't know. There's nothing that stands out about it to me
2: they're not even giving us like the last I think 2 years in a row they gave us that all pink livery for at least the first two races
3: mm-hmm.
2: and now yeah. they didn't even they didn't even bother and granted the season hasn't started yet so we don't know for sure and maybe they'll give us a pink livery during testing or something but they're really stripping the paint off for that 1 1 millionth of a second per lap do you think so that's I actually what offensive. it is no it's i think they Oh, what do they say? Every kilogram of fuel is. God, what's the, the old saying? Every kilo of weight is a tenth of a second per lap or something like that. They talk about it in driver interviews, like if I have a big lunch, I could slow the car down kind of thing. I don't remember what the um, what the equation is, but I think it's like a a kilo of weight is. Uh, a tenth of a second per lap but you know we don't we, we talk in freedom units here on the Exhaust Notes podcast so
3: I'm just waiting for the era where all the cars look nondescript and they're just going to have different colors projected on them once the race actually starts and really it's for all the people that are watching the cars live they're the ones that won't be able to distinguish the cars but we at home will because of the magic of television because at this well, point th- to your point.
2: <laughs> th- that's a great point bro you brought it up earlier too like if we're watching a intense battle, like, we had a couple of races where there was, like, three or four cars all battling. Remember the uh, Silverstone, was it last year or two years ago, the three Through Goes Hamilton line? There was, yeah. like, three or four cars really tight right there. Imagine watching four black cars try to race each other close.
1: The other thing, too, that's really interesting is, like, how much should teams switch up, you know, their their livery from season to season. You know, obviously these teams, a lot of these teams didn't make many changes when it comes to sponsors, you know, we'll get into more of them, but with, with, I think that there needs to be some sort of either every, every exterior, you know, piece needs to be painted or some variation of that rule, because you're going to eventually get to the point where you're having, you know, I mean, maybe they're already thinking about it now. Like, oh, we just, we wanted to go as minimal as possible so we could save weight, you know, in which case props to Ferrari and Aston Martin for just being like, we're going full paint. All right, let's, let's see, let's see. Number nine, Williams.
2: So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know who wrote this article, but they could not be more wrong. This is one of the (laughs) best liveries on the grid. And it's literally down to the Duracell airbox. Like the rest of the car could be like poop brown and they have that air box and it's like, yep, that works. Like the, the livery itself is cool. Like they're still running with like the blue. I wish there was a bit of another pop of color. Cause it's just kind of blue and black, but uh, the details were, were pretty cool. They did like the, the tribute to the old Frank Williams racing logo up yep. on the side <clears throat> of the, the Coke bottle area. So, very subtle but cool this one again isn't like offensive in any way not super spectacular but the airbox is the best gimmick in f1 so
3: yeah and at this point that gimmick should be worth its weight Uh and then also vaulted up to at least top five status because at least it's an identity duracell is a sponsor. Duracell is probably getting more bang for their buck than any other sponsor in terms of how they're placed, how they're colored on the car itself. Like, kudos to Williams for at least rewarding that one sponsor. And if I'm a sponsor looking to get into Formula One, I'm going to go up to a, a potential Formula One car that I'm looking to be sponsored on and just say, give me the Duracell look because anything else will not suffice. I'm tired of carbon fiber. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. Just truly put my brand identity on there.
1: As far as liveries go, like, I think obviously the Duracell thing is just like a cool thing to, to like incorporate that look uh, into the intake or whatever, but the William, you know, the old logo, Frank Williams logo is awesome. The fact that they've got the Gulf on there, um, I think is really dope too. Like I could imagine that they're going to have some, you know, special livery at some point that incorporates a little bit more of the Gulf, uh, you know, orange and blue. But, you know, I think like, as much as like, I love this, the look of this car, probably more than all the rest. It is a lot of black again. You know, it's like, there's just not a lot of color com- compared to what we would typically see in formula one cars of, you know, yesteryear. Cause I, I think of like, when I think about liveries, I think about like the,
0: the, you know, I don't know, like some of the,
1: like, You know, the old like Marlboro cars, the the Camel cigarettes cars, the Jordan Mugen cars of the early 2000s, late 90s, you know, like and obviously Ferrari. Right. Always pretty much always all all red in some variation. So I don't know. I I do hope that we get back to. More. I I don't know what the right way to say it is like because it's not. It's not not aggressive. It does look aggressive when it's black and it's carbon showing and that, but it doesn't. It doesn't like. Wow,
3: Nick, it's it's one of those things. If half the grid has it, the aggressiveness gets diluted. Like it's yeah. uniformity is not aggressive. Standardization is not aggressive. It's bland. True. It's boring. Very true. But very true. Unlike the others, now my beautiful lime green sun has come to the <laughs> forefront. <laughs> Wait, I have to ask: Do you actually like?
2: This, or this livery?
3: It's grown on me, and I'm hoping it ushers in the Tron 3 sequel we've all been wanting for the last 25 years, and say what you will about it. At least it's distinct, like, it's the old adage of, I think in professional wrestling, as in most aspects of life, love me or hate me, just don't be apathetic towards me and this is the one thing that this car does better than anything i have yet to find somebody on the internet or in our personal lives that says you know what Meh, keep it moving we're gonna probably talk about this car more than any other just because of the sheer outrageous nature of it and i'm okay with it because at least it's a memorable car in that way and it might be the most memorable thing about the sauber team this year and that's fine
1: me i don't like this color of green at all like i would pick any like, you do this with any other color in the rainbow, and I'm happier. But, I mean, it, it is unmistakable compared to everything else on the grid, and I have to give them props for that.
2: Yeah, like the color blocking itself, especially from the side-on view, is awesome. It's potentially the best livery on the, gray, on the grid. I almost slipped up there because the green is so bad. I wanted to say grid green at the same time. <laughs> The green is so bad, and I said this last episode, I think we both did, if it was like Volt or, like you just said, any other color. I don't care if it was like rainbow. Just take all of the other, everywhere that's green and put rainbow, and it's the best livery on the grid. Or brown. It literally could be brown. I keep making brown (laughs) poop jokes, whatever. Um, The one thing I will say about this is that the wheel covers – are painted in a very interesting way. I think Sauber last year had the best wheel covers too. But they look like almost like they're painted like Steelys, like old muscle car Steelys. Yeah. Um yep. so I really like that. The best thing about this is that even in this article they have for just given up on the whole like 17 branding names F1 team. And they're just calling them Salber, which I love. It's already, yeah, steak, kick, whatever. McDonald's is already not being associated with this. So uh, I good thought for this.
3: TurboTax, maybe Flubber. Like, I couldn't figure it out.
2: <laughs>
1: <Flubber>. <laughs> you know, it is. It is kind of funny. This car probably says steak on it more than any other car has any name repeated
0: at all. Front yeah. wing. It's on side, the airbox, it's pops, on the side, air pops, box. wing, rear yeah. wing.
2: It's everywhere. The uh, Chinese brand that is sponsoring the team now because of uh, Guan Yu Zhou yeah. on the wheel arches, that actually looks cool. Yeah, I agree. For some reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I I can't get past the color. This is definitely near the bottom for me. But I think if if this was even like, you know, we don't have any yellow on the on the grid at all. Haven't had yellow in a while. So like maybe a bright yellow to your point. full, I think that that would be such a great move. But you wouldn't think it'd be too much like old Renault. if anyway, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair. Set number seven.
2: I feel like that's decently accurate, actually.
3: The, I think so for me, the, mm-hmm. uh, go sorry, go ro. No, no, please.
2: Is, for me, this is one of the first cars to launch again. Maybe it was the first. I can't remember, but this, the let's strip it all and paint it, or you know, keep it black or just raw carbon, actually works the best for Haas because they're again, like I said, distancing themselves from the toothpaste livery, and they've always had kind of a black themed car since their inception in 2014 it was like black and white or white and black gold and black they've always kind of had that so for for me at least it works the best here being mostly black um except for when mercedes did like the all-black livery during what was that 2020 um this makes sense to me so it's like not offensive as it is on the other stripped down cars, but it's also kind of boring. So I think a seven ranking is, is actually pretty accurate here.
3: I think it's probably the worst, but that's not necessarily anything other than just the muted color choices. And I get that they not only want to distance themselves from some of their sponsorship choices in the past that have dictated their color scheme, But a Haas car is a Haas car. And to me, they might be the most boring car on the grid, especially now that we don't have Gunther in our lives. So I really wish that they would have kind of swung for the fences in terms of their aesthetic, but it is what it is. I think they're also trying to convey that same attitude of, we are not trying to break the bank on any aspect of our car dynamics, so we are going to keep this black, white, and gray, and we'll see you next year where, if you're lucky, you might get an extra splash of red.
1: It's kind of like... To Todd, Todd is right. Like it, it's kind of on brand for Haas. So I guess they get some points for sticking with it. But it's so just like, it just feels lazy to me, I guess is the best way to put it. But is
2: the Haas chrome? Is the uh, actual Haas logo on the sidepod chrome? I don't think so, is it?
3: I don't think I it feel was. like That would be in interesting. That picture,
2: in that picture, it's making me look like. Like It looks like there's reflections coming off of the Haas logo. I don't know. We'll have to look Hmm. up deeper. But if that is Chrome, a couple
1: extra points there, because that's cool. I think we're, you know, like, get into, like, reflective stuff, 3M stuff, any of that, like, metallic kind of color-changing metallics that, that we could see. I mean, I'm sure that stuff
2: is heavy for the Formula One, you know, teams, but... I don't know. That's a great call. But well, imagine if we had, like, a midnight purple F1 car. That'd be beautiful, right? Like, yeah. 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 But it probably is, like, the amount of metallic material in the paint is probably heavy. Uh, six, McLaren. More papaya
0: for
3: me, please. That's all I ask. Like, they had a distinct identity, and I get that carbon soups to be the theme of this year's liveries, but... I don't know. This Everybody feels like they're regressing back to mean, and we're like, let's have X amount of color so that way people kind of know it's us. But as a brand and as a team in the last couple of years, they've been very much on the opposite ring, very much on the ascendancy. But this feels like a step in the other direction when it comes to the actual livery.
1: To begin with, but this is one of those cars that I just think you've got so much rich racing history with Bruce McLaren and the color, you know, the papaya orange. Why not just go full, full on with it? You know, like I, I I personally too would, would love to see more of the blue back in there that they had a, over the last few years. But um, I don't know. it It's not a bad car, but it's just kind of like middle of the road for me because I don't think they made improvements by any means. I think they're just kind of like, yeah, just literally just plop right in the middle. Like I, I, I this is what, this is, probably my favorite team on the grid but it's not an exciting livery in any way
2: probably you're gonna jump jump ship change (laughs) loyalties because of a terrible livery no
1: but you know it's like i definitely am a lewis fan yeah i i just i have i'll find i'll find ways to love every team on the grid todd it's just who i am i just i just i'm just a Giant ball of emotion that I.
2: You keep that same energy when we get He's to. He's a
3: traditional Hall. Mormonist when it comes to liveries in Formula One games.
2: A polygamist.
3: Yeah, is that what the word is? I'm, I'm. I'm not. I'm not a scientist. i will just say this. Nick's, Nick's nickname in the uh, fantasy drafts this year will be Big Love for obvious and unobvious reasons.
2: Um. Oh, speaking of fantasy, I need to look into that. But keep keep your eyes peeled in the Discord and the F1 channel. I will be commissioning that again. Um, back to McLaren. Uh, this is the worst livery they've had since 2015, 2016, um, when Fernando was racing for them. But wait, was it 2016? I don't know. The GP2 Ingenera, that's famous radio now. Um, when the McLaren was, had the Honda engines and they were terrible, sorry, Nick, um, this is offensive. Like it's stripping the paint. It's worse than the Alpine stripping the paint and just saying, let's, let's hit the pops of pink, uh, or let's keep it a little bit papaya. So they know it's us. Like Ro said, they have, you know, I think they're. I don't know who their title sponsor is, if it's OKX or Chrome, but they're both prominently featured. Um, do something with the eight bit, eight bitness of the OKX logo or the Chrome logo because you have all the color pops there. Or just paint the car orange and give us hits of blue, like Nick said. Like, so Do, easy, so- like- do something because this is, this is offensive. This is definitely my favorite team on the grid. I don't like the color orange other than being a McLaren fan. Um, it's it's bad. I think I, I do, put it when we were ranking like at eight or seven, something like that. Is the chrome, a.k.a. the Simon Says wheels are
1: a really cool thing to me. I wish they lit up as I drove around the track like a Simon Says
2: well, they were testing those wheel covers like a year or so ago. Yeah. you remember that? Yeah. yep. If they could get into that and like everybody have them and it's colors, well, like the team colors there and theirs were just like, again, rainbow because it's spinning so fast, that'd be sick.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the other thing. We're definitely living in dark times where the thing we're clamoring most for each one of these teams is the wheel covers, something we don't actually see in the race itself. So like, let's do better for 2025. Oh, I'll give you guys an extra year with these crappy liveries if you really deliver something cool in twenty twenty-six. So this is just atrocious. And it was one of those things that I'll put the seat in your head right now, gentlemen. We have another show on the Nika Engval Cinematic Universe called Sneaker History and there's a popular segment called Rockin and Coppin. I want your both of your answers for one rocking and one copping. One thing you would like to throw a rock at because of how bad it is, and the other one is one you would report uh, to a police officer because of how atrocious it is. So I'll let you guys figure that out. But where are we next? Uh,
2: Team Arby's, we have the meats. So, so yeah, the I, wish, hell, I just I just had a this? thought
1: before we <laughs> before we get into the 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 cash wrap, whatever this atrocity cash is um it's actually it's actually a beautiful car but one thing that other racing bodies do, do one thing mm-hmm. that other racing bodies do really well is the like the name plates and the identifying of who's in first second third etc so in like you know endurance racing lema you know, type racing, like sports car racing in the United States for years, they've kind of bounced around in the way that they do it. But there was a couple of years where they had like those kind of led that, like the, the, the number panels were, were like a, you know, like a led color. And then they did one year where like the, the, those leds were different colors for first, second, and third. And then they've always had like indicator lights on the cars, so like you could see one, two, and three. Like if there was a one on a one, one light lit up. You know, think like a I don't know, like a three-inch LED on the side pot of a car. If it has one light lit up, there in first. If they have two, they're in second. Three, they're in third. Maybe if Formula One is going to go down this path of like all these dark liveries, maybe they need to come up with some sort of, you know spice it up a bit with with lights of some sort i know we don't do LED like all the races are <laughs> yeah i mean let's just go full tron i'm totally yep. down for that you know
3: i mean isn't this the weekend that the nba is debuting the led courts come on formula one pay attention to that make it work because <laughs> yeah. then think of all the sponsors you could put on the street itself
0: exactly exactly oh I like that.
2: Ball. Actually McLaren was testing that also with the little sponsor logos on the deck. Yeah. Uh yeah. up near the driver that were like LED or like L C D, whatever little screens that they could change out.
3: Yeah. Man, imagine
2: yep. that. Imagine that.
3: I just want the Fig Newton sticker, like Ricky Bobby. We make that joke once a year. I do like Fig Newtons, but that is a dangerously large sticker on my windshield. Yeah. Put it over the visors. Spice yeah. it up.
2: Uh, visa right. cash wrap. I can't not say cash wrap now. That's really funny that you said that, because it's like uh, retail. It just sounds like a retail thing. The V-carb. V-carb. <laughs> This is to me, maybe I'll get flamed here. One of the best, if not the best, livery on the grid.
0: I could agree with that. It's yeah, distinctive. It's up there. It's it's it distinctive.
2: Yeah. That's all it,
0: we're asking for.
2: It feels like Toro Rosso of old. Yep. And again, I think the Visa might be silver yeah. on, on this car or chrome ish. Um but yeah, it it stands out. It feels like what Haas should be, right? Red, white, and blue, like let Team America. Fuck yeah! It feels like that. Red Bull should be like this. Looks like a Red Bull can.
1: Like, why does Red Bull not actually look like a Red Bull can? That's a you just blew my mind with that question. How dare they? If I'm a if I'm Red Bull, like you make your money from the drinks, right? Why not make you do it tastefully? It's not like your little mini Cooper with the Red Bull can popping out of the back, driving around the US, you know, (laughs) handing out free, free samples. But like it, it can look really cool to me. So I don't know, like I I do really like the way this looks. I feel like it's, it's actually better than the Red Bull livery because the Red Bull livery is, I mean, we'll see it, but like it's, it hasn't changed much at all. And I, it's not bad, but like. I feel like the Red Bull, I'm always wanting that white livery that they did, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever it was. For Japan. For Suzuka. Yeah. For it Suzuka. Was... Yeah. And this year they, they've been pushing it out because it's the 60th anniversary of Honda and <laughs> Formula One or in, in racing in general or something like that, which was traditionally like the championship white color that, you know, like those cars on the street ended up carrying on that tradition. But seems like a perfect time to like actually celebrate that rather than going back to the same old livery. But I I digress.
3: No, I I don't. I want you to digress uh, because that livery is probably one of the best ones I've seen since my short time in Formula One. It's the gold standard that I hold every livery to since. And it's iconic. And as much as I like to dislike myself for saying this out loud, it is a champion's livery. Like I wish they would have adopted that for a whole year after Verstappen's first championship because I think it would have been the perfect FU. And the marketing, like, you're telling me Red Bull with all its different iterations of flavors, they couldn't come up with, like, a champion Red Bull, like a white cherry? But maybe that's stepping too much on Gatorade's corner. But I digress. See, I can do it too now.
1: Exactly why I... It's a bummer that they didn't do it, right? Like, it should be more cohesive with the brand, in my opinion. I mean, I know that they have a, a gazillion people out there wearing Red Bull branded stuff and jumping out of, you know, rocket ships and flying to you know different I don't know wherever but yeah it's a good point like the 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 white could have been a really cool like stick it to everyone else
0: after he won the championship
3: and maybe it's not the best time to talk about sticking it to people especially from a Red Bull perspective <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll get there.
1: Don't
2: jump ahead. The gun. <laughs> Don't hit quite yet. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, let's talk Ferrari. Ferrari. How exciting is this? Yeah. I
3: kind of like it. it. It's it, a said seven... Uh huh. Go ahead, Todd.
2: I was gonna say, is it possible to like and dislike the stripes that they did? Yes, because I at the same I, time I don't like
1: them, but then sometimes I see it and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I
2: I feel like the stripes on the side pod are cool, but the the stripes that they did on the inside of the wheel covers like mess it up somehow. I I, I don't know. I think it's cool. Like, I I think this is one of the maybe the second best, third best livery. Yeah,
1: top three. I I don't know if it's top three for me, but I think. uh... I think I might have said this on the last episode. If not, I said it in the discord, but I would love to see Ferrari embrace the black and just do red accents.
2: So you want did talk Ferrari- about that mm-hmm. on the last, the last episode we talked about what was a Monza or whatever, when they did the black yeah. with the white logo and that they did that, which is awesome. Yeah.
3: So Nick, just to make sure I'm understanding you correctly, you kind of want Ferrari to regress to everybody else's meme where it's like they're okay to kind of have a predominantly black car with touches of red because i kind of agree with it i think this is the second year in a row where i really like the ferrari livery and i don't know what it is but i feel like this red is a lot different than the usual ferrari red that we've seen prior to this year and last year and this red really works for me so this is a top three thing for me i also like the accents on the side of the white and yellow and yeah i mean you're not going to fumble the bag that badly, even if you are Ferrari when it comes to strategy, because the aesthetic will always be there, and it's always going to be a beautiful looking car.
1: I think they they have gotten a little, let's say, a little deeper on the color of red that they're using or choosing to use on the car compared to you know the Schumacher era. But I think like the, the thing that comes to mind for me is like if you took the steak livery, swap the red for the green, and and put it on this on the Ferrari car like that to me would be killer like just just enough red make it brighter than this red maybe but like you know just it, it's i think because it's ferrari it's also like more of a flex to to go that direction because it's so traditional to just stick with the 90% red you know car that that we see every year not that this one doesn't look a little bit better i think than last year but yeah I have to disagree
2: wholeheartedly. Wow. Because we were just going through the bottom (laughs) half of the list, lambasting them for being assholes and making their cars mostly black. And Ferrari being Ferrari went fashion over function and said, here's our basically all red car. And then we're going to say, we wished it was more mostly black. I I understand what you're saying when you said like, I wish they would break from the norm and give us something that wasn't an all red car. But because, and we talk about, and we really went off about the whole brand identity thing with Team Arby's. We have the meets, and <laughs> they have brand identity more so than anybody in F one. They are the longest running team in F one, and you you can't give them negatives for that. That's a impossible.
1: of it as, like you know, we went fashion over function. I think of it as like old crotchety dudes at the top. And the intern that's designing the livery has tried thirty different variations to be like, can we just squeeze a little bit of different differentiation here? And each time he's rejected. So I'm just really pulling for that intern who has been like pushing to just do a little something different for
2: Ferrari. You know, you got stripes, okay? You got stripes. I
1: I also think that it only works for Ferrari to, to 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 revert to the black. Like everyone else, I don't I don't feel like it works. Right? It's like Everybody's kind of just falling into to line and not risking anything by doing black, you know, weight of paint aside. But because Ferrari is so traditional, like I would love to see them just be like, you know what, we're going to come out and just be. You you think helmet is Dr. Evil? We are Dr. Evil this year. It would change the way that people look at the team, I think, in terms of like, oh, shit, maybe they are going to come back and pull something off. So I would agree with you.
0: Oh, so
2: could, uh, I keep cutting you off. I apologize. No, that's bro. OK. Um, if they painted the car black, completely black. Oh, that'd with be cool. White, yeah. white logos. And it wasn't raw carbon. Sure. Break from the norm. Do something like that. But if they gave us just a stripped carbon car like everybody else, I'd be pissed about it. That's fair. That's fair.
3: I'm not pissed about it because the other thing I've noticed is the detail inside the wheels. Uh, I'm going to forever refer to Ferrari from this point on as Team Ladybug because <laughs> it actually looks like a ladybug to me. I let you point that <laughs> out. <then> with, Lewis <laughs> Hamilton, Joey. Here's your million-dollar uh, idea for me. I have a series <laughs> of books called Lulu and the Ladybug, and it's all about Lewis Hamilton's uh, first year at Ferrari. You're welcome, Anita Driver. First off,
1: can you look at this and see anything that's changed? Aside from the design of the actual car itself.
3: Yes. I feel like there's more yellow in this car than previous Red Bulls. I would say less, actually. Okay.
2: I feel like the the Red Bull logo on the airbox that extends down the tail used to be bigger and come down the car farther. Okay. So, like, there was more red and yellow, like, going down the Coquadal area a little bit farther. So it was less navy blue matte. Navy blue, whatever, and more red and yellow. But like we were saying with the Ferrari thing, like I, I, for, for the first time in a long time, I'm like, this is a really good livery because they one painted the car and two, they stick to their guns. They have brand identity, probably second most out of, out of, uh, any team on the grid. Ferrari being the first, like we just said. But th- this is unmistakable from, and Nick said it earlier, you can see somebody jumping out of a plane, jumping off a mountain, uh, f- doing the fluke tog, racing a, a soapbox derby down a hill. You know that it's Red Bull. Their brand logo across everything that they do is the same. So, it, so I, I got to commend them for that.
1: <clears throat> grid, they've. They've nailed it. I just sent you guys a, uh, a link that shows last year's car and this year's car on the F1 Instagram account. And uh, there's just okay. not much that's changed.
2: <laughs> that's a fair comparison. <laughs> now that I see it side it's by pr- side. It's pretty
1: crazy because I thought the exact same thing that you said when I first saw it. I was like, oh, cool. They took away some of the yellow. But then when I was
2: slightly like inches, we're talking yeah, a couple of inches bigger. The actual red bull on the airbox has moved back a few inches to
1: give more yellow to the actual inlet. But like other than that, I think the Honda logo got a little bit smaller on the back of the car. And almost everything else is identical, which even where they place the sponsors, yeah, even where they place sponsors, which as much as it pains me to say this. If you're winning the way they won and the way they have been winning, don't fuck it up. Just put it back out there, new regs, and you're good. Like, I don't blame them for not changing it much.
3: (laughs) It even comes down to their driver numbers, where it's like, okay, you're one, you're two ones. Let's go. Exactly. They might be the most superstitious team on the grid.
2: I, I know that we're talking about liveries here, but we have to talk about the Red Bull design stuff real quick because it also feeds into how why the livery looks cool. Um they basically in some form or another took the Merc Zero Pod idea and like flipped it on its head and did things that were from the Zero Pod design, took from that and put it on their car. So if this wins by a mile this year, this will be one of the most memorable liveries of all time. I, I, I mean, again,
1: like I I have like. I'm not a Red Bull fan. I don't like. Helmet, I don't like Max. I don't like Christian Horner, but I'm a Honda fan. Like I'm torn with these guys every year where it's like I do want to see them. I don't want to see anybody win every year. Like, I feel like that's Formula One, though. So I'm kind of just over the idea that someone else can win. I feel like, well, what are, this is, this is number, we're, we're moving on to number four for Max, right? He's run three mm-hmm. straight. So, mm-hmm. you know, I expect it. But I also like, I have to give him props for like sticking to the branding. I think that's one thing that teams don't really think about how, how valuable that is because, fans come and go, you know, the casual fans don't necessarily think about who was a sponsor last year, who was a sponsor the year before, but because Red Bull has been so consistent with their sponsors and with their color scheme and, and livery, it's pretty, it's pretty unforgettable seeing Oracle on the side pod, you know, like I feel like some of the other teams, yeah, like Haas has Haas on the side, but like, I feel like that is something that goes even further back. I don't know when they changed, you know, when the last time it didn't say Oracle as the headlo- as the top sponsor on the side pod, but it even was on a couple of years ago, even back to like the, the, you know, when they were doing like the infinity Aston Martin stuff, the color scheme was so close that, you know, you're, you can be a fan of the team for a long time and not feel like you're, you've missed out on something where a lot of the teams it's like, Wait, what? when was that year? What, what, what was that color? How, how come I have, you know, you're like, you're buying old merch thinking like that it's representing a particular driver. And it's like, no, that person left the team four years ago. But the merch is, you know,
3: I don't know. Yeah, It is. And it's one of those things that I really like the color blocking, as has always been the case with uh, my involvement in Formula One, because I think I've only seen one year where they're not as dominant as they are currently. And that navy and the yellow and the red just pair really nicely. It's just I'm sick of it now because I always see it on the podium. So we'll see.
2: There's another the thing episode. about consistency on, on the Red Bull that I want to talk about, because this has been a thing that... <clears throat> has bugged me for a while. Like, do you guys remember when Aston Martin became Aston Martin and they did the whole British racing green with the lime green hits. And then they had like that glaring, jarring JCB shout out, Canada logo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the last couple of years, McLaren has been like that because it's like, Oh, we're a papaya black, some blue car. And then we have like this kind of rainbow Chrome logo. Um, I think that those like clash too much to look good, but they kind of tied it in with the wheel covers. Like you mentioned, Nick, but my point here is that one of the consistencies of red bulls logo has been the tag hewer. They've had tag way back in the, uh, the, like you mentioned the infinity Aston Martin days that they've had tag for as long as I can remember. Yeah. But the giant tag hewer logo on the front of the wing looks Mm -hmm. awesome on the Red Bull logo. Fits perfectly there. Yeah. Sorry, that was it. We can move on to...
3: All <sighs> right. Mercedes. Copy-paste everything we said about all the cars at the start of this segment, where it's just like, there's more black than anything. It sucks because the silver bullets is kind of how I will remember Lewis Hamilton's time at Red Bull. Or at Red Bull. Wow, talk about fantasy fiction. At Mercedes, but <laughs> I would think that they would give him a more memorable car to send him off in because who's to say he doesn't win a race this year? And this bland for Mercedes car is not going to be a good enough indicator in my mind of, oh, yeah, that was Lewis's last year.
1: Todd, correct me if I'm wrong. Last year was the only year Lewis did the bright yellow, right, accents or the bright Greenish yellow. Yeah, so the, typ- typically that's reserved for the second driver on a team,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Which, well, it's typical history. It's always been the second driver, like especially in the in Mercedes. It's always been, you know, George when he came in before that. It was Valtteri. Change for to to note is that you know we're obviously going away from
1: Lewis having that as the you know, like giving up that, that number one driver aesthetic that they've committed to the last decade or whatever. I do think this car looks better than last year's car. Cause last year's car was almost all black. Right. So like the top half of this car has a little bit better aside from the red on the red on the intake with the Ineos logo, which I know is the Ineos, you know, their co- company color, but like that's the only thing I don't like about this car. Like, I would love to see a little bit more color on the side pods or maybe, you know, like on the, on the front wing. But if you took off or just made that, made that intake all silver or, you know, that teal color, I feel like this car is like probably one of my favorite cars on the grid. But also because last year's was kind of bo- boring with the all black, you know, like we're kind of over the all black as we've talked about at length
2: with all these carbon cars this year. The the reason why this one is such a mix for me is because from certain angles it looks cool from like the top down or rear three quarter angle it looks really cool. But I agree with you Nick like they need more silver arching onto the side pods. But the, those stripes kind of do fade back over the tops of the side pods which is cool, but the reason why it feels like Confusing is because we like Roe mentioned, we think of of Lewis's time in the Mercedes as the silver arrows like that's their been their brand identity forever. And it was very cool. Like it was a cool logo or livery, sorry, um, over over the times. But the departure from that when they just did, oh, we're going to do an all black car one, they painted it all black. Uh, we'll yeah. keep harping on the carbon fiber. Um, but two, this is just like, oh, we're going to do a little bit of old and a little bit of new. We don't really know what to do. So for me, it turns out to be a negative. The one color pop with the Ineos logo, like you mentioned, actually kind of fits. I don't know why for me, but maybe I'm just getting used to it because they started that a few years ago. And before it was a little jarring. But this works, I guess. But I don't know. I would put this like middle of the pack because it's just... It feels like it feels like they didn't know what to do. And they were like, all right, we'll do a little bit of both.
3: Yeah, it's exactly that. They're stuck between two eras, which is kind of a metaphor of what they are, because Lewis brought them to the dance. But now we are prepping. We're officially year one away from the post Lewis era. And I do think we're going to see more of a brand identity with them next year. But this maybe this is the fitting send off after all, because like we can't quit you just yet, Lewis, even though the contract states next year will be the year
1: because last year's car was was black but it had those it had the two stripes kind of like the ferrari down the side right and then even the the intake the red was a lot smaller last year but this year i think like there's the two views that actually make me really like this car are from the like the rear three-quarter the like the way the pod slopes down on the side and that silver green kind of fade blend whatever you call that is just awesome like it should it should probably expand a little bit more but i get that they're you know trying to make they're trying to have high contrast for for all the sponsors right they're like sponsors are white we're only putting them on a black you know piece the other view that actually makes me think silver arrow is from the front just dead on nose You know, straight on looks so cool to me because it is just a silver arrow.
3: (laughs) Better than calling them a silver bullet like I did. Shout outs to Core's Light.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Rockies are blue. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. Wow. We ready? Yeah. Yes. Did you write this?
2: Did you write this list Nick? Are
1: you moonlighting? Boats in here that I almost spoke that I I haven't actually read this. I'm scrolling through it as we're recording, so I'm not reading it. Uh but yeah, it's I'm I'm definitely a fan of the Aston Martin livery this year. I mean, it's it's very similar to last year's too, but that that green is at least unique on the grid and they own it. And I
3: got to give them props for that. It's a color that now, in my mind, is synonymous with Fernando Alonso. Probably not at the same level as Ferrari or McLaren, but that's the one thing about Nando. He always seems to have these distinct colors, and this is his green era in terms of, will he get a victory this year? Who's to say? But he'll at least look good trying to cross that line first.
2: I never would have associated British racing green with Fernando Alonso, but now... I think that's burned into my head. I appreciate that. It's <clears throat> I like that they toned down the other pop of lime green even more this year. And it's just pretty much mostly uh, that British racing green. I think it's one of the better logos solely for the fact that it's a mostly painted car. But I don't think it's super interesting, if that makes sense.
3: It's not in the sense that they keep running this color back and thinking that's enough for the grid, and maybe it is, but yeah, show me a little bit of variety. We know you have a distinct color. Like, make some polka dots. Make some racing stripes. I don't know. Do a Chevron or two or three or five. It's so, They've gotten basically their creativity out in terms of t- uh, sticking to this racing green, but after that, they're like, no, we're good.
1: This year is that it is a little bit darker than last year's green because last year's green was not... so. British racing green is a darker color that you see on streetcars. And this is closer to that, but it's definitely splashier, let's say. And I think the interesting thing and the most exciting thing about this too, I might be, I might be just brainwashed. I can't judge it now because I've seen it. Aston did a whole like series of posts and videos and stuff that connected the streetcars to the endurance cars to the formula one car. And I feel like that is what a lot of these brands should be doing. You know, like we just went through and talked about, you know, 10 different liveries tonight. And one of the biggest logos on the Mercedes car that none of us talked about is the AMG logo. AMG is the, is the brand that sells performance Mercedes on the street, right? You buy a Mercedes performance car, it's going to be an AMG. It's like an M for a BMW, right? If you're if you're gonna say you're into the performance aspect of cars and and own up to it, you're buying the M. And I think that's there's always a huge disconnect now between like the Formula One teams and the, the cars that land on the street. Even though most of the technology that gets developed for a Formula One car literally ends up in your street car five to 10 years from now, you know, like it sounds crazy saying it now because formula one cars are so advanced, but the regenerative braking on a Toyota Prius in the nineties came from the Toyotas (laughs) on the track and the endurance cars, the hybrid systems that were used, like all of that stuff was tied together because that's how they developed the technologies to push us forward on the street. And I think that's a missing piece. I think that's also why I really enjoyed this livery specifically is because it feels like it's actually connected to something tangible as a consumer where the rest don't necessarily feel that way. Other than the Red Bull, not even the Red Bull, the cash app, Red Bull, the the V-Carb. What are we calling it?
0: V-Carb. Yeah. Uh, V-Carb. RV. Yeah. RV. We have needs.
2: One thing that going further on that point, Nick, Aston Martin has a cool logo. The winged Aston Martin logo. Yeah. They could have done something super cool while putting like, think of uh, Lance Stroll's helmet. Was it last year or the year before when he like had the like wings going around his helmet? Mm -hmm. They could have done something like that on this car and made it tie even further into the streetcar brand that is this team and it's that's why I think it's it falls a little flat for me like I agree that it ties in Aston Martin's color is that British racing green but like give us something tying it to the car brand like you said the AMG logo or if we ever get a Porsche team like they will f- feature the Porsche logo prominently that's why it, it just it's not it's not number one for me all right what is your top livery? So I guess Nick, you said Aston.
1: Yeah, I think it's I'm going favorite. Aston.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think
1: the the RB car is is a close second. It's up there. Um, honestly, like I think a lot of these are better than we've seen in the last like five to ten years. Like all of them are are leveled up, even though like you know the teams are not paying. leveled up
2: and stripped down. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Because like, even thinking about the, like the Alpine, right? Like, yes, I would love to see more pink or blue, to be honest, but at least it's done in a, in a more aggressive way. I know we talked about it. It's like doing less is not necessarily aggressive and going with what everybody's doing is not necessarily aggressive in any way, but it feels like there's more motion in these, in these livery designs for some of these teams where I think that's been missing in, you know, previous years.
3: Fair.
2: Ro, what's your number one?
3: I'll go with the Ferrari. I'll go Williams two, And you know what? Go ahead and give me steak. is number three.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hot takes. You're always good for them. The, the steak I'd have to put dead last. That color green is atrocious. <laughs> yeah. It's- uh w- Williams, I
3: agree.
2: Yeah, I would I think I'd have to go Team Arby's uh for number one, uh Red Bull number two, and then Aston number three.
3: And truth be told, I really do like that Red Bull classic design, but this might be the only podium they don't win this year, so I'm gonna stick to it.
2: Fair, fair. Don't give them extra points.
3: I, I like that. Do we want to talk about it? Christian want you've been a bad, bad boy, but did he send those photos? Oh.
2: Did he? So <laughs> to dive into what Rohit's alluding to, there were new allegations that came out today. I think, again, from a Dutch newspaper that uh, kind of said what we were all kind of thinking it was. Uh, The initial reports that was he was being controlling in the workplace, which, you know, we don't really know what that. Not my question. um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) an asshole in front of a in in charge of a Formula One team. Who would think? Um, But this suggests that he was sending a female employee at Red Bull sexually suggestive texts, including possibly some pictures. Of Horner's Horn. Dog. Why
3: don't you finish that sentence, Todd? Um it could always be yeah, worth It could have been helmet Marco.
2: There's again, this is I think the same source or same paper that initially broke the story on this investigation. But it's starting to feel like a little bit where there's smoke their fire, or somebody has like an absolute vendetta out for. Christian Horner, um, what do you guys think? you think we're going to see the start of the season with uh, Horndog at, at, at the helm?
3: I think we'll see him at the start of the season because I don't expect this case to be wrapped up as quickly as we might expect it to. But then at the same time, I think the logical conclusion should, if not be commencing at the summer break, we should start to see the end game. But it is really something because as we were talking about the previous episode, like we were very careful not to listen to any of the allegations. We wanted to make sure we kept a cool hand. We didn't accuse him of something that he may or may not have done. But this is not good. I, I think these are more than damning indictments. I think, like you said, there may be smoke, there may be fire, but it is something to me that could this be the first sign of a quote unquote Red Bull downfall? Because it's to me, Red Bull's dominance is, in my mind, equally Max Verstappen driven and Christian Horner led. And it would be very interesting to see what that looks like if you take out one of those principles, if not the principle, out of that equation.
0: Problem, right? And,
1: you know, they mention it in the, in the car launch. You know, it, it's only, only going to become more of a distraction if it's not wrapped up and done in the next couple of weeks.
0: So to me, if, if if there's any truth to this, I'm stepping away from,
1: from the team until it's done. Because if he sticks with the team, then you're forcing the hand of owners, leadership, everyone above to say, do we want this guy here distracting? Max or whomever, right? Like everyone on the team has a part to play in and anybody can be easily distracted because once, once there's fans, once there's media in the pits, in the, you know, like walking around constantly asking once you've got drive to survive cameras in your face, what are they going to do? They're going to, they're going to be constantly talking about it because it's drama. Right. And I think that's, it's shitty. You know, it's shitty if he did something, it's shitty if he didn't at this point. And the only real way for him to, like, kind of, I don't know, like, I guess put the team ahead of his own personal stuff is is to, like, remove himself from the equation for a while. And I just don't
0: see a way for it to not be a big, giant distraction moving forward. You're on mute. Oh, we
3: got him. You're on mute, yeah, bro. there we go. Thanks, Timo. <laughs> that was my cat. I did want him to purr. But I was asking you guys off mic, if you will, do you see a scenario where there may not be any mention of this at all in a Drive to Survive type setting? Because it could be so against the brand. Because if there's one thing I've noticed about Drive to Survive, they like to keep their controversies on the track. Very rarely do we see any sort of mention of post-track or off-the-track activities.
2: I mean, for somewhat, like Haas was a lot of off the track. Yeah. You know, we look like fucking wankers, door like, smash. It still
3: ties back to the performance on the track. Like, this is the first thing that there is no bearing on Red Bull's dominance in terms of affecting Christian Horner's judgment to allegedly send or not send those photos.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think that. If I was Red Bull in this situation, I would not either not have the drive to survive cameras in there because that's just even more of a distraction. And they're trying to dig up whatever or to say, like, if any footage contains any discussion of this, we're not using it for the season. Like, that's the only way you can have your cameras in our garage Mm -hmm. because it's just going to compound the natural drama that like Nick was just talking about the distraction message too. Right. You know, I think if you're,
1: if you're innocent, then you, the perception, I don't know if this is truth or not, but the perception is if you're, if you're like, I'm innocent, don't come in here with those cameras. You know what I mean? I'm just talking but about it's, public perception.
2: Yeah, but it's public perception. It's still damaging to the brand. If there's, discussions of that going on in the garage around the paddock which, whatever like even if nothing happened this is not a good look for Red Bull in any which way which is why so I think you wouldn't it has want to be it has to be remove him from the
1: equation for a while right like I think saying hey the, the other part of that <coughs> is like you've already done that with Max for the first three years of Drive to Survive we're supposed mm-hmm. to get Max wholeheartedly air quotes for those not watching this this season of Drive to Survive. But I think the public perception I mean it, it will be interesting because Road is is right. Like they don't go too far off with the narratives that happen alongside of all of this or the drama outside of the paddock, <laughs> let's say. But it will be interesting to see this season's Drive to Survive if there's anything about the Toto and Susie stuff that went on at the end of last season mm. because that will be kind of set the tone for will they bring in the christian horner conversation i don't think i i don't think that there's an easy way out for red bull on this that isn't a giant distraction i think that's that's like my ultimate point It just feels like you either got to just say like yo take a six month vacation and come back when this is all done Or not because any in between anything with Christian being around, like there's only a handful of media people that are not going to ask those questions because they know that, you know, like sometimes you have to play nice in order to get a little bit further into conversations with people when you're on the media side of things. But like, you know, we're not going to see, we're not going to see, you know, Will Buxton trying to like, back Christian Horner into a corner (laughs) to answer the question, you know? So it's almost like kind of pointless in a sense to even, you know, have him there, I guess. But
3: who would have thought Christian Horner acting like a hoe would possibly lead him to gardening leave? (laughs) Uh, I mean,
2: the, the thing that keeps nagging at me is like F1 amongst all sports entities is notorious for covering up brushing stuff under the rug such horrible stuff that like I could see him walking around the paddock like nothing's uh, care in the world all the uh, higher ups you know glad handing each other and it's no issue and you know we forget about it in a couple of months whether regardless of what happens um, until something is officially announced that they close the investigation and blah 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 Uh, I I just don't think anything comes from this unless something comes from it soon. Like preseason in testing or whatever, they actually can him or he steps down or whatever. But if he takes leave, that just is everything. It was either the allegations were BS or they're just giving it time for him to come back and nobody care about it again. Because like all the other controversies, the Whatchamacallit? Carlos.
3: Something. Leaving.
2: No. No, the old uh, boss of Renault slash Nissan slash whatever. He was doing like some sort of like money laundering scheme or something like that. uh, David A. God, I can't even say his name. No, Bravide, I want to say his name was. He's got scandal. McLaren had the huge scandal back in the 2000s. There's just been and Bernie Eccleston, he's got like Nazi allegations and crazy shit. He just got convicted of money launder or not money laundering, was it tax Something, evasion? Yeah. I mean he he has like And a he's whole still walking around the, allegations, basically. Like yeah. crazy stuff, right? And he still walks around the paddock like it's no big deal. So it's you know, the affluent sport where the the rules don't apply the same Regardless of what happens here, I don't see anything happening um whether or not he comes out to be guilty or they settle out of court or whatever it is it's unless Red Bull really you know surprises surprises us and does want to have like a be on the right side of history moment if something actually happened. I don't see anything happening yeah. yet.
3: I mean, that's what I was going to ask you guys next. Like the, what is the percentage that we see Christian Horner at the end of the Red Bull season, hoisting the constructors title in an official sense?
1: Like none of this shit is true, right? Like first and foremost, I think that's like for the, for the yeah. latest sake. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, or if anything, like, you know, like we talked about in the last episode sounds bad, but hopefully he was just a dick and not sending dick pics. Like it, that's like, an easy line to be like, okay, yeah, he's a dick and you worked with him. We've all worked with dicks before, but like if he's sending dick pics, I'm sorry, I'm such a juvenile. (laughs) It's a different story, right? So, um, I, I would, you know, I think we're going to know whether or not he's going to be around at the end of the season within the next month. And whether that's a temporary thing where he goes away for a while, or whether that's a temporary thing where he actually goes away and is in jail for a while or whatever, you know, like I, that's not going to happen. But like whatever the case may be, we'll know fairly soon. And it'll just be a matter of like how they want to handle it and how much distance they need from him. But I do think I mean,
2: go ahead. If if this current report, though, is yeah, last true, was... pretty damning. It, like he's this lady, whoever it is, saved. For months on end, text messages from Horner. That again, it doesn't specifically mention pictures, but they were sexually suggestive texts. So maybe he was asking for the noodles. I don't know, but it not like if she has this actual proof, and he really did try to bribe her with like a couple hundred or six hundred, like six hundred thousand pounds, something. Yeah, there's. There's no way getting out of that, right? Like,
3: <sighs> but I mean, it's something you guys have kind of stressed that I've also picked up on as a relatively new viewer. If Formula One wants something to be covered up bad enough, they're going to be able to figure out how to do it. It just seems to be the end of this sport where they, unlike American sports, don't really like to vilify their drivers unless it's in that racing sense. So I could see them trying to move heaven and earth just to make sure that. This gets resolved, even though that's not the right thing to do. And like Nick mentioned, I'm not holding my breath out that Red Bull or Formula One as a whole will be on the right side of history on this. But I would love to be proven wrong.
1: I was just going to say, I don't think we should. uh I think if we're going to talk about yep. F1 scandals and potentially terrible people, we should at least shout out Flavio Briatore and you know the Benetton and all of that. So. That's okay, who well, I was. I thinking wasn't of. sure. Not
2: yeah. yeah,
1: that's who yes. I was thinking of. Lots of lo- lots of good. <laughs> Not good, but like lots of shitty things happened around that gentleman. So, um, yeah, formula ones, uh, seems to be a, a cesspool of shadiness and terrible people, but unfortunately you have to have a, a shitload of money to, to race. And that usually comes with the territory with
0: that type of person. So mm. mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything? I'm I feel like-
2: we're five, five, six days
3: away from Cars on go. Track. And that means we're 10 minutes away, or 10 minutes, 10 days away from Hot Takes.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. The Hot Takes. Hot. Coming soon. Hot Takes with cool
3: dudes. Hot Takes with cool dudes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, let us know in the comments, more specifically, hop in that first link in the Discord let us know what your uh, your livery rankings are. There's a handful of, of us in there that have already put our rankings in there. I didn't have the Red Bulls in mind, so uh, I don't have to make yeah, too many changes. When, but when, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we appreciate the conversation. So, uh, but, guys, let them know how they can find you outside of
3: the podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Rowland 13 You can find me on F- you can find me on only fans as the Mahotra money shop Todd where can they find you I uh, I don't even know I can't uh, Instagram
2: dad dot jpeg thread same thing Twitter dadshu underscore jpeg somewhere on only fans um, I, I can't I can't even
1: join the discord <laughs> Save me the platforms. You can find me at Nick Ingvall at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms, but we appreciate you and uh make sure you hit subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, we only got a handful of people on there so far. We've set up the whole channel to do this and uh yeah, we just rather have more of you join us and join the conversation.
3: If you get ten more subscribers by the time the next episode starts taping, I'll stop doing the OnlyFans. And if we get fifteen more, I'll continue them. <laughs> Balls in your court.
1: Catch you on the next episode. Peace.
3: Bring Gunter to Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs>